Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. It was that same yearning for freedom that nearly 250 years ago gave birth to a special place called America. It was a small cluster of colonies caught between a great ocean and a vast wilderness. It was home to an incredible people with a revolutionary idea that they could rule themselves, that they could chart their own destiny, and that together they could light up the entire world. Hey friends, uh, good to be with you on Praying for America. It is Wednesday, the 22nd of February. For many Christians, the beginning of the Lenten season, preparing for Easter. We want to talk a little bit about that. I want to show you how Lent is connected with Praying for America and with our struggle to make this country great again. Uh, deep, deep connections, biblical connections that we're going to explore. Also, I'm sure you want to pray with me for the people in East Palestine, Ohio. I'm sure you want to pray with me for James O'Keefe and all the things that are happening there in the Project Veritas. And uh, also, I want to give a comment about uh, Mayor Adams of New York City and uh, what he said to Governor DeSantis recently uh, when the governor came to New York City. We'll talk a little bit about that, too. Remember, this is a program where we not only comment on the news. You can get a lot of great conservative commentary from a lot of places. We pray over the news. And I know that is resonates with your mind and heart and your purpose. And all of us pray together. Uh, you know, this program started back at the time when we were praying through the chaos of the 2020 elections and all the, the intensity there and the uh, anxiety and well, you know, so many of you, as I travel the country, uh, said to me, you know, we got great, great consolation from praying together during that time. Well, we've got to continue praying together, right? And it gives all of us consolation because it's about the Lord and his word and his spirit. So thank you for joining me for that. Leave your intentions in the prayer comments as we, uh, uh, as we go along here. Uh, we want to know how we can pray for you, how we can pray for each other. And let us know where you're from, uh, as well as any comments or questions that you may have. And we'll answer some questions uh, as uh, uh, as we go into f future shows. We keep a list of the questions and we uh, get to them as we are able to. Uh, thanks for your patience, too. And um, I know the last couple of nights uh, we had some, some, some reruns of some uh, important content about America First Principles. And I was traveling. I'll be traveling again. Uh, tonight, I'm pre-taping this a few hours in advance, and I'll be traveling tonight to Phoenix, Arizona. There is a statewide March for Life tomorrow in Arizona, uh, in Phoenix. And so I'll be part of that and uh, helping to lead, in fact, the Silent No More gathering. Uh, you see the commercial about Silent No More very often at the end of these programs, people sharing their stories of pain and of healing after abortion. So we'll be having that as part of the, the Arizona March for Life tomorrow. I'm sure we'll 
see some of you there who are uh, who are uh, living there in uh, the Phoenix area. Okay, so let's go to our scriptures as usual. And uh, uh, so I was saying, yeah, thanks for uh, understanding that. You know, if you see me dressed again as a priest, that's because it was a previously aired segment. I don't want people to be confused about that going back and forth. No, sometimes we will air content from the past that we believe is worth reviewing, especially for those who may not have seen it the first time. And so uh, you can expect that every once in a while if I'm out on the road traveling, as I often do. Luke's Gospel. Let's go for our scripture to Luke chapter 13 and the first uh, nine verses of that chapter. Now, there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent you too will all perish. Then he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Let us pray. Father, we have inherited a great nation, and we want to cultivate it. We want to cultivate in our fellow citizens, in our church members, in our children, grandchildren, and other family members. We want to cultivate in them the values that this nation is built on, the ideals, the principles, the sacred truths, the unalienable rights, the principles from your word, O God, that inspired our founders. We want to cultivate and let it grow, bearing fruit, fruits of freedom, life, prosperity, happiness, strength, leadership, security. Bless our nation, Lord, because we know many, many forces threaten these things. Lord God, we want to stand guard. We want to be vigilant as your word always tells us. We want to be vigilant against the thief in the night. We want to be vigilant against the devil who comes only to steal, murder, and destroy. No, we don't want to allow that to happen at all. Help us to stand vigilant. Help us to be guardians, watchmen for the house of Israel, watchmen for the United States of America. 
Be patient with us, Lord God. As Christians enter into this special season of repentance, help us to learn the lesson to repent now, to repent quickly, and at the same time to trust in your infinite patience and mercy and to proclaim it to others as we invite them likewise to turn away from their sins. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You know, the public ministry of John the Baptist started with the preaching the message of repentance. The public ministry of Jesus Christ started with him preaching the need for repentance. And Peter, as we read in the Acts of the Apostles, after Pentecost, when he and the others came out of that locked upper room and proclaimed the gospel to the nations, starting the preaching mission of the church, which has endured to this day, they proclaimed a message of repentance. What must we do, brothers? The people asked them when they related that this outpouring of the Holy Spirit was the culmination of the prophecies and the ministry of Jesus, they said, well, what must we do now? And he said, repent of your sins. Brothers and sisters, Lent has begun. Today is Ash Wednesday. Today is a day when many churches look ahead to Easter and begin a special 40-day period of, well, repentance. Every day we're called to repent, but certain seasons of the year bring us that call more forcefully and bring us God's grace more fruitfully, and now we've entered into one of those times. Why do we have to have a special time of repentance? Because we're about to have a special time of celebration, observance of the most sacred and powerful mysteries and events of salvation history and of human history, the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The days of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday. This year, Easter Sunday is on Sunday, April the 9th. And the days just prior to it, of course, those sacred days, the Triduum, as it's called, the three days Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So from Holy Thursday night when he is arrested until Easter Sunday night, as he appears to those disciples gathered in the room, three days, the most consequential days of history, the most consequential days for our salvation. We, so we have to be spiritually ready to celebrate these events because we're not just remembering them as events of the past. No, we're celebrating them as events that shape us in the present we enter into those events because that same spirit comes to us, regenerates us. And those events shape our future and shape our salvation. And therefore, friends, they also shape our nation. As we're praying for America, we are praying that the effects of this great paschal mystery, this suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ will transform the nation, that the Spirit who was poured out on us as a result of Jesus offering himself on the cross will transform the nation, shield us from the evil of woke ideology and, and destructive forces in our land, 
the spirit of murder and murder of children by abortion, the the uh, uh, sexual perversion, the redefinition of the family, uh, the jettisoning of our history as a great nation, um, all of this stuff that's going on, and the forces that would destroy our security whether it's law and order in our cities or security at the border or security internationally, forces that would mess up our relationships with nations and mess up their relationships with one another. Those forces are hard at work as we see before our very eyes. What do we do in the midst of all of this? We have to repent of our own sins we have to call on others to repent. And then we have to devote ourselves to absorbing the grace that comes from the death and resurrection of Christ, absorbing His Spirit, and in the strength of that Spirit, working to cultivate the nation. Beautiful uh, uh, lesson here from Jesus in Luke 13, as we read. He said, look, don't think that everything you suffer is... a." is because you just committed some particular sin and God is now pouncing on you to punish you for that sin. But at the same time, don't disconnect sin from suffering altogether. The suffering and the evils of the world have come about precisely because of sin. We turned away from God in the beginning. We all turned away from God by specific actions in our own lives. And so in a cumulative fashion, not eye for eye, tooth for tooth, one sin leads to one event, but in a cumulative way, the sufferings and the evils we have to endure in this world, including death, are a result of sin. So Jesus says, repent. That's the way to healing and wholeness and happiness. We have in our American system the, the unalienable right of a, the pursuit of happiness. Well, if we're pursuing happiness, we've got to repent of sin. Because sin brings the opposite of happiness. Sin destroys happiness. Happiness comes as we live the life of virtue. So symbolized then by the fruit on the fig tree. And Jesus tells this parable because he, as the one who takes care of the vineyard, actually he is the true vine, his father is the vine grower, looks and he says, there's no fruit here. He wants to see his people bearing the fruit of holiness. He wants to see his people bearing the fruits of freedom, prosperity. And so he says, point of the parable being, he's patient. Instead of cutting it down right now, we'll give it some extra time. Not an infinite amount of time. Because remember, as other parables relate, the master comes back from the journey. The bridegroom shows up and the doors to the wedding feast are closed. The fool who had piled up all earthly wealth faces the night where his life is required of him. In other words, time runs out. It's not an infinite amount of time that we have to change, to be saved, to repent, to accept Christ. It's not an infinite amount of time that America has. We don't have forever. We can't just sit back and watch the nation decline and hope for some better day. Today is the day. As Paul says, now is the day of salvation. Let's get up and do something. So that's our scripture. Uh, we got to do something about a lot of stuff. So we've got some really bad mayors around the country. Um, 
We've got some really bad leaders. We've got some really corrupt people. I want to show you a tweet. You might have seen it from Mayor Adams of New York City. Now, I lived in New York City for a long time on Staten Island, actually. And Governor Ron DeSantis recently uh, visited that particular borough of New York City. And Mayor Adams had some uh, negative things to say about him. But this is not Friends, don't think that this is just something between Mayor Adams and Governor DeSantis. This is, tells a bigger story of the mindset of these radical left Democrat leaders and the values that you and I hold and the convictions and the beliefs that we have. Let's take a look at the tweet. You'll see a, a tweet response that I made to him as well. Uh, so Adams says, uh, welcome to New York City, Governor Ron DeSantis, a place where now he gets into onto his uh, his his uh, high horse preaching. He says we don't ban books, discriminate against our LGBTQ plus neighbors, use asylum seekers as props, or let the government stand between a woman and health care. We're happy to teach you something about values while you're here. So I responded, as you see at the bottom, no, Mayor Adams, what you're proposing here are not values, but a total distortion of values. Baby killing is not a virtue, and neither is redefining marriage or human sexuality or any such thing. It's, these are not values. And friends, this is the problem uh, uh, with, with, with a mindset like this that, that Adams has and his whole party with him, that somehow killing a baby is a virtue. We're going to see what he's saying, because Ron DeSantis, of course, signed a, a, a pro-life bill, and he's willing to sign even stronger ones. Back last year, about just less than a year ago, he signed this bill uh, protecting babies in the womb, starting at 15 weeks. Now, that's not an unreasonable uh, thing at all. Most Americans are fine with, 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 with that. But somehow, for Mayor Adams, that's against values. Are we going to teach you values? You know, you he he thinks of it as the government standing against women's health care. Adams, how about the government prote uh, preventing <clears throat> the dismemberment of, of babies, chopping their heads off? So you're saying we're going to teach you values so that you don't sign bills like the one you signed. Oh, OK. If I brought an aborted baby to your doorstep, Mayor Adams, I think you'd be pretty upset. Suppose I bring just the head the head of a baby that was chopped off at uh, 23 weeks into the pregnancy. Well, what if I bring you the head? What are you going to say then? You can teach me values also? That's what some of your Democrat friends say. Some of your Democrat friends, in fact, who are bishops, try to say that to me. They're not teaching values. In fact, we have some values to teach you and your whacked out friends. We're going to teach you values. Yeah. Let's redefine human sexuality. It's whatever you want it to be. Never mind that the word says something about God creating human life and human sexuality. God creating it, having a plan for it, having some kind of an intelligent plan that leads to virtue rooted in self-giving love, some kind of a plan for man and woman. No, 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 no. We're going to teach you values. Okay, so we're going to teach you the values of dismembering a baby, right, Mayor Adams? We're going to teach you the values of, of uh, distorting God's word. Let's teach you the values of forgetting about God and making yourself God. Just make up whatever you want. 
listen, take your values and get out of here. Out of our cities, out of our country, out of our churches, out of our children's schools, and out of our lives. Get out. Because we don't need these kinds of corruptive and destructive ideas that you call values, but that are nothing but sin. Away with it. Brothers and sisters, this is part of our, part of our task. We're going to pray right now. Let's pray right now for these people. We talked about repentance from the Scriptures. Let's pray right now. Father, we ask you to send your Spirit upon those that are so utterly deceived, that they call baby-killing a virtue, that they call baby-killing a value, that they call the distortion of your word a value. Oh, yes, they want to teach it all right. They don't want to just teach it to pro-life, pro-family governors. The problem with these people is, too, that they want to teach it to our children and grandchildren. They want to shove it down our throats in our schools without the consent of the parents, without any respect for the rights of the parents. Lord, these people are dangerous. We ask you, first of all, remove them from public office. Give the voters enough wisdom to stop electing these people. And secondly, convert their minds and hearts completely. Let them see, as John the Baptist preached the sanctity of marriage, as as, 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 as Jesus preached the need to repent, as Peter preached the need to repent, let them have a change of mind and heart. Let them have repentance so that they no longer do what your prophet Isaiah warns against, that is calling evil good and good evil. That tweet from Mayor Adams, Lord God, is a, is a fulfillment of the words of Isaiah. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good, who exchange light for darkness and darkness for light, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to them! And woe to us if we do not succeed in defeating this falsehood, this wicked gospel, this false gospel, these false values. Give us strength, Lord God, and pour out your Spirit in us on this land. In Jesus' name, amen. East Palestine, later in the week we'll talk more about the visit of uh, President Trump there. That's taking place today. Will have taken place likely by the time uh, you're watching this. Oh, where's the rest of them? I saw an excellent tweet about this. It's like if leaders aren't going to go there to encourage and help these people and see things for themselves, well then... We'll get the real leaders to do it. Where, 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 where's, where's the rest of them? Where's this Democrat administration president? He's over in Ukraine, but he's not in East Palestine. But it's no surprise. It should be no surprise. Part of leadership, brothers and sisters, is, is, is being with the people that you're leading. Part of problem solving is going to the place where the problem is and seeing it face to face. Because yes, you can as a leader and should rely on the valuable input of as many experts as you can find and that you trust. 
but you're responsible for your judgments, you can't let them take that responsibility from you. And that's why a leader goes to see for himself or herself what's going on so that they can make the right judgments. So let's pray again, Father, the people in Ohio, the people of this community so damaged by this these chemicals that we don't even know what all of them are. Lord, we ask you for, uh, first of all, just physical protection uh, for them and their families and their fellow citizens and, and also for peace of mind and heart and for wisdom to make the right decisions. And Lord, just for your strength and consolation as they experience the the failure of many people along the chain of, of leadership. And we ask that that failure will be remedied and that the proper responses will be given to this situation. Bless these people, our brothers and sisters, our fellow citizens. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And finally, uh, James O'Keefe. My goodness. You know, Project Veritas has been at the tip of the spear uh, James O'Keefe has been at the tip of the spear exposing evil. When you expose evil, because that's exactly what St. Paul tells us to do with it, right? You read Ephesians chapter 5, have nothing to do with the fruitless works of darkness, but rather expose them. I know James personally. I've visited with him at his office and we've been together at other events. And um, He has a great spirit. He has great integrity. He is a man of action and courage. And he should be thanked and rewarded for that. Not punished, especially by those in his inner circle. But here's the point. No matter what the letters are being exchanged and he gave his his 45-minute address to his staff and the the six-page letter has been published, you can look it all up. In fact, I encourage you to check out that video and and read that letter that he prepared for his Project Veritas people. Um, And then the board wrote a letter explaining last night, they released it, or Monday night rather, and explaining why they, they, they deprived him of his, uh, his, uh, his position there on the board and as CEO. But no matter what the intricacies and details of the reasons, let's look at this in a little bit of a, of a broader perspective. The more successful you are at exposing evil, the more you will suffer. The more successful you are at unveiling, lifting the veil over the evils going on in our nation, the more you will be rejected, persecuted, mistreated, even by those in the circles of people who should be supporting you, who would be most logically expected to support you. This is a pattern seen over and over again, and we will continue to see it over and over again. Have we not seen it in the case of this man in this photo behind me? I know I've seen it in my own circles within the the Catholic Church, 
false and wicked shepherds doing wicked things with no justification. Wicked things never have justification, of course. Brothers and sisters, what is going on here? What's going on here is ultimately the battle between good and evil. And the only way to move forward in the midst of that is to stay the course and continue doing the good. You do the good no matter what the cost may be. This is the way of the, 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 the apostles and martyrs and saints of all the centuries and reformers and our founders. What did our founders, what kind of opposition did our founders face? This nation would not have come about if they thought that they were going to have an easy path. Now, James knows this. His people, his supporters are sticking with him. You know, people give to people. If you have a ministry, keep that in mind. People give to people, and they give to people who are doing the work. You do the work, you speak the truth, you stick with it, you let nothing deter you, people are going to stick with you. I'm talking about the people who are have goodwill towards you, they're on your side. There will be others, in the in again, in circles of influence who will betray you. But you know what? Do good and let the birds sing. Let the complainers complain. Let the detractors detract. Let it not deter you from the path of doing what you know is right. So let's pray for James. Lord, we pray for our brother James uh, O'Keefe, who uh, is being treated unjustly right now. Lord, but who knows the path that he's on? He does not for a moment doubt the serious importance and value of the work he does exposing evil, shining light into darkness, unveiling the destructive activity of powerful forces in our, in our nation. Lord, he has done, continues to do, and will always do the work that needs to be done. Confirm him in that. Confirm that in his own spirit. Give peace of mind, joy of heart, Lord, when we have a clear conscience, we can have that peace and that joy and that strength because we're simply doing what we've always done, responding to you as best we can. And when we do fall short, we stand right back up and come back to you, the source of all grace and redemption. So bless him and bless those who are with him, bless those who are faithfully supporting him. Lord, as far as the, the board uh, at Project Veritas, we ask you to also send your, your spirit of enlightenment and help them to see the bigger picture, whatever, first of all, whatever pressures they are getting from those who want to do evil. Wake them up to that and change their, change their hearts that they may resist those pressures. And secondly, help them to look at the bigger picture here that the work that you have entrusted to us must be preserved, that we must stand vigilant over that work that it, that, and cultivate it. Just like we read in that parable of the fig tree, we must cultivate that it may bear fruit and not allow it to be destroyed. Lord, we sum up all our prayers and praises tonight, and we offer the prayer that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, good, friends. Thanks for uh, joining me tonight on uh, Praying for America. Let's have a good beginning to uh, Lent. Uh, I will be traveling tomorrow, so I'll show you another uh, re-air of, uh, of a program where we talk about our, our biblical principles for America First policies. Uh, but then I'll be with you again uh, with uh, new uh, commentary on uh, Friday evening. So let's stick together. Follow me on social media, at FR Frank Pavone. And thank you to Right Side Broadcasting and Getter and all our other friends who help to get these programs out. Remind others of these shows. Let them tune in as well. And meanwhile, we will talk to you tomorrow. God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.